Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We're your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. Jen, what's the what today? What's the what? I mean, there's so many what's. There's so so many what's. Um, This is not on our list, but I've been resume sprucing up for fuck's sake. Oh, my God. I mean, I am an animal and I do enjoy like a challenge, but I like literally, not literally, but basically had to pick it up and dust it off and be like, what's going on here, resume? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. It's weird to be it's weird to be old and thinking about your resume because you have to think about it in different ways because you're like, "Oh, I have all this experience, but is all this experience going to preclude me from getting work because I look too senior or I look like, you know, somebody's mom or, you know, just thinking out these like very it's a different game and it's really yeah. interesting to be thinking of it in a different way. I mean, I, you know, I, I love a challenge as, as you know, but, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing this week. Super unfun and, um, but kind of fun, like satisfying in its own way. Yeah. No, God, I don't even, I, I don't remember the last time I worked on a resume. Like seriously, when, when have you looked at a resume for yourself? It's like, what, at what point? It's been <laughs> a long time. And I feel like after a certain point, you just get to, you, do you have to do a resume? Can you do like a, a, a bio? Do you have to like, does it have to? Because, you know, the other thing is you do a resume and it immediately identifies how old you are. It's true. I mean, you don't have to put dates on shit. I mean, you have to put date. I don't know. It identifies a, a sort of span of your age. Like it gets yeah. it gets you. There's somewhere in there. Um, but, um, you know, other than that, just been thinking about things like in my middle age, am I going to become long fingernails lady? This was a <laughs> thought I had the other day. Why did you think this? Because I keep my fingernails really, really short. And I was, long fingernails, older lady is a thing. It's a choice you could make. And I, you know, you could have like a longer sort of rounded or pointed nail. Like you could just get really into having nice nails in old age. It's a, it's, if you've seen it, like old ladies with red nails, old ladies with coral nails, old ladies with nails. You know, I am thinking about some nails of a woman I saw the other day and that I see sometimes that are kind of long and pointy. Yes, yes. I like that. I think that's cool. I could never do it. My nails both grow fast and are very um, weak. Okay, but there's there's much in nail technology that would allow (laughs) you, and most of these women have, are really getting like, you know, the top nail technology. So anyway, I was just like, it's like, it's like kind of like a sexy look. It's like you know, mm-hmm. old, old, long nails, long nails, lady. That's what that's what I've been thinking. How about you? How's your week? That's my week. <laughs> well, my week's been pretty good. I had a nice thing happen on Sunday. It was Mother's Day. Yes, and Mother's Day has been for for you know was for many years very fraught for me. Yeah, 
you know, as my brothers both had kids and, you know, we would be started having these big Mother's Day brunches with all of them. I just opted out for yeah. years. Yeah. I just opted out. And then the years I would go to dinner, I would get like sloshed so that by the time the waitress was like, oh, happy Mother's Day, I could go, I'm not a mother. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just a bad, 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 bad scene. Right, right. Sorry. Then, Sorry about that. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really know what happened. I mean, I think some of it is that I'm happy. Some of it is that I'm so much older than parents of young children. Yeah. But I, I like Mother's Day doesn't bum me out anymore. It just like, it doesn't do it for me anymore. That's amazing growth. That's like, that's like amazing movement in your life. That's awesome. What do you think? What do you think? Do you think it changed because of feeling happier? Like, what, what do you think it is? It's the older I think that some of it is being generally just happier. And when you're less happy, you can't help but look at the ways in which your life went one way when it could have gone another. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, now I don't, you know, now I think, you know, I, I always used to think that I've talked about this before, but that I wasn't a mother by circumstance and that it yeah. happened to me. And I realized, you know, a number of years ago that actually I did have a choice. I had plenty of choice and I could have done that and I chose not to. Yeah. You know, for me, I chose not to because after I got divorced, I didn't want to try raising a child on my own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I knew I needed, I knew I needed a partner for that, that I did, that I did, not that other people do. Yeah. And not everybody does. And, you know, it's, it's all so personal and, and you never know what the right, like, you just can't, you never know what the right choice is. I mean, I've talked about this before. Second kids, you know, I, I, should I have had a second kid? I feel that regret all the time, the grief around that. I had a, you know, Mother's Day is a fucking lot now on social media. I mean, this is yeah. going to be so dated by the time this comes out, but I'm just going to say it like, I, it's just coming at you on all sides. Like, you know, I have a, I, I, I have a complicated relationship with my mother. I know a lot of people do. I, I have a complicated mothering, you know, all of it. And it's just like this assault. And because of the algorithm, it's an assault for several days because yes, you're still is. getting shit for days and days. And I can't imagine, you know, people who have even more complicated situations or, you know, grieving mothers. It's so hard. I had a tiny little thing come up for me that I, I burst into tears is an, an ex-boyfriend of mine, um, that we really shouldn't have broken up. Like we just kind of, for some reason, we just were like, well, maybe we'll just break up. We don't want the same things at this second. And I saw for the first time, I don't know how I'd never seen a picture of him as like a little, little kid. Mm -hmm. And I had this real feeling of, oh God, I, I wish I had had gotten to live two lives and I wish I had had a kid with him. Like I looked Aww. at him and I was like, oh God, I wish I had had a baby with him. Look at what a cute baby he is. We would have made <laughs> such a cute baby. And like- that you just, it's like, you never know where the shit's going to come from. You know, you yeah, never know no. when the wave of like regret and grief. And I just was, I was sad about that for like 40 minutes, just thinking, oh God, we really let go of that relationship much sooner. And I'm totally happy in my life now, but we let go of that relationship much sooner than we should have. And I, I, I've known it for years. God, all I do is, I mean, all I did was hang in relationships longer than I should have. Oh, I was exactly the opposite. I was like, get me the fuck out of yeah. this. As soon as there was discomfort, I was out. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, I mean, not as soon as, but close to it. But anyway, yeah. So I'm just saying like, you know, everybody out there, like 
I, f- I feel for all of us, all of us middle-aged women just looking at our lives and being like, oh, should I have? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, another interesting thing ha- or exciting thing happened this week. Yes. I went to Costco. (laughs) I love the change of subject. It's perfect. Okay. I have never gone to Costco, but I know that I should go to Costco. Please tell me everything about Costco. I had never been to Costco and um, I was in a shit mood. I think it was Thursday. I was just like lying on the sofa, not getting any work done, being really cranky. And Paul was like, I know what we're going to do today. We're going to go join Costco. Because, you know, he had a membership during COVID in Philadelphia. And, and yeah. you know, I've, I've always thought, like, you know, Costco is a good, you know, it's a great company. They treat their employees really well. And you get all these amazing deals. Yes, it's amazing. It's just laziness I've enjoyed. It's not snobbery. I think Costco is incredible. Yeah. No, Costco is Costco. Well, it we went to Costco. You, you, we joined Costco. You, we went out and got like, they have these double wide shopping carts because everything is like, you know, packages of eight and 10, you know, it's all value packages. Bulk. And Bulk buying. we walked around for a while and I was like, I got to get out of here. We did not, <laughs> we left with a completely empty shopping cart. Okay. Is it, was it like Ikea where you're just like, I can't like you start a little getting bit. like, yeah. Snow blind and I- Ikea. It was the middle of the day on a weekday and it was mobbed. So I can't even imagine what it is like on a weekend, like oh just God. a nightmare. Okay. And everything, you know, it's the reason it's also cheap is that it's in value packs, but I don't need a value pack of anything. Right. Right. You know, right. I don't have room for value packs or whatever they are. So it, 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 I think it'll still be good for like things like electronics purchases, Yeah. but I don't think I'm buying my groceries there. Still, I'm glad I went. It was a, it was, it was a revelation. I mean, this is not a happy story about Costco. I'm going to tell you, (laughs) I I think this is not a story of triumph about Costco. It wasn't a story of triumph, but I, I, I do think it was a triumph that we actually joined Costco. Would have been better if we followed it up by making a few purchases. I feel the more I understand about myself as an ADHD, as a person, as a person with ADHD, the more I understand that there are certain things that are just not for me. And one of the things that might not be for me is a giant, like, what do they call them? Box store. I don't even know what they call it, but I get so overwhelmed in those kinds of spaces. Like also get over, like Alex is always like, what do you think? We're not going to use toilet paper in three months. Like we need, (laughs) why, why don't we buy in bulk? And it's just like, there's something about it that's very overwhelming to me, which is also why I'm bad. I'm just terrible with money because I'm just like, well, the Scott one roll lasts for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare of adulthood. But those kinds of spaces, like I get a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of sensory things happening. They're usually lit really poorly. It's mm-hmm. just, it's over what the sound is overwhelming and you, you have to be sensitive to that stuff. I mean, I don't know what technically um, all of my neurodiversity is, but I'm definitely neuro spicy, you know? 
<laughs> we both are probably. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, you have to be gentle with yourself and be like, if you're, if you're close to having a panic attack in, in, in Costco, you got to get the fuck out of there. It doesn't matter how good the salmon is. Yeah, no, it's true. The only thing is that I think like someone once said to me before I was going to move apartments, like you just have to accept that it's going to suck for a while. That's true. You know? And so whenever I've moved, I've just been like, okay, it's going to be kind of pandemonium and tense for a week or two, and then it's going to be fine. And I think if you walk into a place like Costco and think like this might suck in A, B and C ways, but I'm prepared for those things to suck. So I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yes. There's, there's several things you could do in a situation like that. Like if you had gone alone, you could wear sometimes if the grocery store is really, I mean, this is making me sound like really much more unstable than I am, but I'm not, I'm not (laughs) totally stable. Um, like sometimes if the grocery store is really overwhelming, I will put in headphones and I will just be like, okay, I'm just going to be in the zone with my audio book in this grocery store in a giant grocery store. If it's too much, like there are, there are strategies and, you know, I have a kid who's very sensory sensitive and I have to prepare for situations like, okay. And I don't do this for myself, but I say, you know, okay, this is going to be loud for a little while. Then it's going to get really calm. Then, then it's going to look like this. So you just really know what to expect. I feel like you just didn't know what you were getting into with Costco. I mean, a weekday, you'd think it would be empty. You think it would be empty. I thought we would be cruising through there with our double wide shopping cart, but it's not how it turned out. But honestly, I'd love to know from listeners because I hear so many amazing Costco stories. Listeners, if you want to write into us and tell us what we should be getting at Costco, because I know people have like Costco hacks, Costco tricks, Costco. They do. Well, because Costco, they're like a, this was explained to me, they're like a buyer's club. So they'll go to companies like, you know, companies with brand name products and say, let us also produce this under Kirkland, which is their brand. So you're actually getting, you know, a fancier product than what you think you're getting. My stepmother-in-law is a gourmet cook and she shops at Costco. And every time I see her, and I've been married for, I don't know, almost 20 years. Every time I see her, we have a conversation about Costco and she shows me. And every time she shows me, I'm like, oh, they have those (laughs) brands. Oh my goodness. I could get chicken broth in bulk. Like it's just, it's a, it's. You could tell that it is the smart and right thing to do, Costco. Yes. So I'll be back. I You'll think, be back. Probably. Okay. So th- the topic I want to discuss next is the topic that we both put on our list to discuss because listeners, we are more organized now and we put things in a list. <laughs> <laughs> it is the story that I have been dying to talk about, but kind of avoided talking about because I thought maybe it was going to go away, but it has not. Do you know what uh, that, which with, with, which I speak. (laughs) Are you speaking here of the Martha Stewart cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue? I am speaking of, yes, indeed, but the entire Martha Stewart renaissance and the reason that it is a renaissance, which is this Yas Queen, you slay, um, I think the New York Times called it, um, I forget exactly what they called it, but it's like the age of... Oh, I'm going to look it up. Sorry. Martha Stewart welcomes you to Generation Ageless. Discuss. I think I read, well, I think I read something that she said in that interview where she was like, age is such a boring topic. Can't we move on to something else? I was like, I actually think age is a really fascinating topic. The way you change, the way everything changes and how you, you know, how you hang in there. I think that's fucking fascinating. But that wasn't what really bummed me out about it. Like, it isn't 
what what bothered me about that cover is that it looks like it's supposed to be progress, but it's not progress. That's right. It's not progress. Sports Illustrated has in the past couple of years, you know, the swimsuit issue is a relic, you know, but it still exists. So they've tried to make it more current. They've tried to make it more inclusive. The past few years, they've had three or four different cover models. That's right. Um, so last year they had Mae Musk, Elon Musk's mother, who was a model and is very beautiful. Um, and this year, the older person they went with was Martha. It's stunt casting. And it's stunt casting it's, it's to get attention. Ca- yep. Yes, it's stunt casting. And I, you know, the way, the way, you know, newsstand, I don't know how important newsstand sales are. They were very important when we were doing magazines. And I can guarantee you they did a much smaller print run of the Martha Stewart covers than they did of the Hot Babes. Because the Martha Stewart cover isn't going to sell. It's just going to get them all the press in the world. That's right. And that's a very interesting business perspective. My issue with this is that this is not generation ageless. First off, you're right that it's not progress, but this is not generation ageless. This is generation, this is generation wealth because mm-hmm. Martha Stewart would not look like this without tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars of work. Now, mm-hmm. what she says she's had done is maybe some injections. Okay. But that's still tens and tens and tens of thousands of injections. But what she's really like, that is only when pushed to the limit. And that is only like a, I think that was a dermatologist, her dermatologist saying it, what she's actually telling people and she's on TikTok and she has a lot of young fans, like young women in their twenties. Okay. What she's telling people is that she is getting that jawline at 81 and that face and everything else by regular facials once a month, horseback riding and not drinking. Yeah, that's And let me fucking tell you, an 81-year-old does not have that jawline, nor did Martha Stewart have that jawline as a 65-year-old. She just doesn't look like this. It's not real. Also, um, I think this is true of Anna Winter too, either, and and no no knock, but she's either wearing a wig or extensions because a woman that age doesn't, and that's very expensive, and a woman that age doesn't have that kind of hair. This is such an unrealistic picture of aging. It is in no way progress. I mean, what it's progress in is that work is really good right now, right? Okay. Like you can, like they can do a nose job with filler and people are Mm -hmm. getting them, right? So she's saying she hasn't gone under the knife and maybe she hasn't. Maybe she's had like, you know, it's like a tricky way to talk about this because maybe she's had like that advanced threading technology where they literally go under your skin and lift your skin by threading. That's not, you know, that's not a facelift. She's had a ton of filler, but her neck did not look like this 10 years ago. And her saying it's just clean living is so disingenuous. Just fucking own it. So it's so cynical. It's so disingenuous. And just to be clear, I don't think either Jen or I has anything against getting plastic surgery. Oh, that's not the point. The point is presenting this as what, you know, glorious, graceful aging looks like is just it is, is, is untrue. It's just a lie. I love good plastic surgery. I think it's amazing (laughs) as a person who is incredibly vain. I study this shit all the time. I'm like, well, at some point, maybe I'll want to lift this neck, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like I think about it, own it, own it. So people aren't feeling bad about themselves who don't look like you when they're 65, when they're 50, 
And they're thinking, what's wrong with me? Should I ride a horse? It's really crazy. It's really fucking crazy. crazy. And it's, it's insulting. And for someone who has made her fortune off of the aspirations of other people, you know, to be like her, you think she would feel a little bit of, of loyalty back to them. And it's just all, and she's on TikTok. She's, um, she's a, a representative for, um, brand ambassador for Clay de Poe. Is that the way you say that? I think so. Um, anyway, that Clay de Poe, uh, skincare line being like, yeah, I just use, I'm 81 years old and I just use this fucking cream, ride horses, <laughs> no, what the riding horses? That's that's it, it's it. That is like criminal. It's just it's unbelievable. I mean, it's it's almost as bad as J Lo being like, I get this face from olive oil. But at least yeah. J Lo's in her fifties, you know, like at yeah. least at least. But anyway, that is just my rant, and we got to stop. We got to stop because also it's it's also the male gaze. We're just like imagine we're continuing the male gaze into eighty one. Like, yeah, can't talk about my work gotta be sexy, can't ever stop being for, you know, male consumption on this men's magazine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. I was, I was really um, bothered by it. Yeah. I was really bothered by it because I don't think it does anything except, I don't think it does anything except negative. And the reaction to it. I mean, I think that's, that's as much what bothered me was that like, you go, you go, Martha. Yeah. And I, and I want to be clear, like, let's say it again clearly before we wrap this up pro plastic surgery, pro yep. anybody doing anything they want. I am I am against falsehood and I am against this idea that it's just effortless and graceful. The way yeah. that you age the way she's aging is by is by interventions that cost a fuck ton of money. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O- L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And we're back. What else is happening? I don't know. I mean, I've got some recommendations. Should we go, should we go to recommendations here? Let's go into recommendations. What are you watching, listening, reading? Well, I just um, this morning read that Liz Fair is touring in support of the 30th anniversary of the album Exile in Guyville. Okay. Okay. Amazing. 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 Actually amazing. Sorry. Amazing. Right? Kind yes. of amazing. So yes. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go see Liz Fair because I didn't, you know, I mean, she just, she had, she made some okay records, but that Exile in Guyville is just such a gem. Yep. Yeah. Such a gem and was so like of its moment and just, it, it's hard to really relate how new that felt when that album came out. No, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, I mean, you know, and I don't use this word lightly, but it's an iconic, it's an iconic album. It's so of its moment. It's, it's so important, I think, to, 
feminism for a certain generation. I don't know mm-hmm, if that's for too sure. strong to say. I think no, I know, don't think it is. Yeah, I think I mean that would be amazing. I really was looking at Bikini Kill tickets too. They're they're touring this summer. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That was interesting. I think I'd rather see Liz Fair, but I would be game to see Bikini Kill too. If we were in the same city, we would be concert friends. I know. I know, and we would leave halfway through. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, somebody once said to me, no matter how much I love a concert, no matter how much it's my favorite band, I'm always happy when it's over. Oh, oh, yeah. And also, when it's over early, I am especially <laughs> happy. I'm just like, yes, 10. This is amazing. <laughs> I went to go see this band, Arctic Monkeys, a number of years ago, and it was a perfect show because they only had one album. Okay. Okay. They only yeah. had one album. That's all they could play 45 yeah. minutes and out. I told you the space lady, eight to nine, eight to nine. That was my favorite <laughs> concert ever. Got there, had it had like two drinks, danced around to space lady music, and I was home by 9 30. It was the best. What's yeah. a peak concert for you? Oh God. Um, I don't know. God, that's a really hard question. I mean, I've seen Woody Nel- Woody Woody. I've seen Willie Nelson a couple of times, and that was pretty great. I mean, mm-hmm. peak concert experience probably was being 20 years old. I had gotten arrested that day for a very minor thing, but I had to like get myself out of jail that day in order to (laughs) make the Ani DeFranco concert that night in Philadelphia. And I had to drive like 90 minutes to the Ani DeFranco concert. And I was 20 and that was like all my friends in my car, like running from the law. Like Mm -hmm. it was like, that's probably peak. But I don't know. There's, I don't know. REM. I don't fucking know. I can't, it's all a mish and mosh in my head at this point. You? Well, the concert that I was brag about being at mm-hmm. was that in 1985, I saw it when I was about 16 or 17, I saw the clash in London. Okay. That's amazing. And the only reason I went, I was in Europe and my older brother was there too. And we were in London and he loved the clash. And he's like, we got to go to this show. Wow. I didn't know from The Clash, yeah. you know, but I, it was very exciting. And it was like in Brixton. And yep. after the after the show, everybody like went on the tube and like jumped over the rails. And it was like so punk rock. Um, and then recently I was talking to Mike about it. And he's like, yeah, that was a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I was excited. I did for a, for a while when I first moved to LA because so many people come through the Hollywood Bowl. I was really, I think we've talked about this. I was really into, I was having a moment of I'm going to see people before I can't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. So I saw Diana Ross. I saw Neil Diamond. I saw Liza Minnelli. So good. I saw, I saw, um, I saw Grace Jones. I just saw a bunch of people before I was like, I don't know how much longer they're going to be touring. You yeah. know, so that that was a that was a, a fun a fun run. I saw Brian Wilson, which was not as fun as you'd imagine. Yeah, I could see that being problematic. That was real sad. That was sad because when I it's bet. like then Liza Minnelli was the same thing. When it's like they're being wheeled out and like mm-hmm. it's like they're just having to like pay off some debt. It feels like it's you know, yeah, it's not well, as in satisfying. music. I mean, the way you make you don't make money selling albums anymore. You make money touring, so people tour forever. Yep, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like concerts have just always sort of been in the background for me. They were never like a foreground thing. Like I feel like I went to a lot of concerts, but not act, did not actively seek them out. I get it. You know, but I wasn't a music person, but I had a lot of people in my life who were. Yeah. No, I know. I know. And now it's just like, now it's just like, 
it's just, it's a lot now. Oh God. I, I mean, I, I won't go see music unless I know there is a place like there are seats. I won't go stand anymore. Yeah. Though I did see, I did see Kim Gordon in a very small venue, like two or three years ago, I guess right before the pandemic. And that was Mm -hmm. pretty great. That was, I was like very close to Kim Gordon and that like, it was small. It was standing room only, but that meant that I was like within feet of Kim Gordon and could really check her out. And that was a, Mm -hmm. that was a cool, that felt, that felt cool just for the, um, just for the spectacle of it. Yep. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's yep. like the jumbotron. Like, what am I even doing here? No, I know. Because you, know? you just stare at the jumbotron and not yeah. even at the stage, which is so far away. Yeah. So then it's like, I might, I might as well be watching this at home on, on my TV. I mean, I will say I've been, because they were all over social media, I did, I do kind of regret not going to see Harry Styles, even mm. though, you know, I mean, I kind of regret not having that experience because it sounds like such a great one. And even though I'm not necessarily a fan, I don't listen to her music that much. I kind of am like one intrigued by Taylor Swift's tour. Oh wow, you're you're not a Swifty. I'm not a Swifty. I mean, I like some of her songs, and I I I think I like her. I think mm-hmm. I think she's like she seems pretty together for somebody who's had as much as she has as yeah, early as she has. I agree, but. Um, it just, it's a spectacle. It's just a yeah. crazy spectacle. I mean, I wouldn't talk about leaving early. It's like a three hour plus tour. I mean, yeah. the show. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would like to say, I think a Beyonce tour would be good. I don't know. It's just like, the, I, I don't know. I don't know. I saw Britney Spears in Vegas. That was, that was weird. That was really weird. I think she I was heavily medicated. She couldn't really dance, so they just would, like, wheel her out on different things. Mm. But also, I was heavily medicated because I had taken an edible that was, like, an old edible, and they can increase potency. At least they used to be able to. So my legs weren't really working. I was like, yeah, I had to be sort of (laughs) – I had to sort of be placed into my seat. You know, I was, like, 42 years old. Oh my God. My, I went with my, a group of gay male friends and they like had to like place me into my seat. (laughs) And I was like, all right. (laughs) Um, the other recommendation I want to do this week, um, before I think we should get into listener questions, but I want to recommend this show. If anybody's not watching, it's somebody somewhere. Such a good show. It is so just quiet and gentle and it just feels so honest and Bridget Everett's 51 and, and it's kind of, it's not sad. It's just like, it feels like you're just watching people live their real lives just in a place. In a place. And, 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 and the sense of place on that show also is, is kind of incredible. And it feels so true to the experience I would think of living somewhere in, you know, in a small town, you know, far from the coasts, yeah, where you're you're not, you know, you're a little different than everybody around you, and you're trying to find the other people who are a little different too, and building this little community in in the middle of like the Midwest. I exactly, and I I love the sense of community in it, and I also one thing I've really been working on lately is like egolessness and like you know just being like I'm not special, and I think that that's what she's kind of grappling with in this show is, you know, having felt like she was going to be special. She's this singer or she was like an aspiring singer and it didn't really work out. And, you know, 
that you can have this really good life without like having to be what we think of as, you know, quote, successful or special. You can have this very connected, loving, wonderful life yep. with letting all of that go. Yep. Yep. Well, I you feel know? that way. I mean, I, I, I do feel that way. Yeah. And I feel that way too. Yeah. Or at least I'm trying to really get there. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a show with a really big heart and it, it can also be very funny, but it's just, it's got such a big heart and it, it, you know, it, it's not, you know, I tend to like shows with lots of action yeah. that happens quickly. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, like yellow jackets, it's like, oh, now they're doing this and ah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it takes a, it takes something different to sit down with a show like this. But it's really worthwhile. I think so too. So check it out. I mean, at one point she says something like, you know, oh, is it perimenopause, menopause, and and and, and oh yeah, she uh, says, and they say like, oh yeah, what someone says, what's the difference? And she says, nobody knows. Exactly, nobody knows. It's so funny. Um, and the, the last thing I want to recommend this week, which comes out today, the day that we're recording, is I really want to give a shout to Samantha Irby's new book, Quietly Hostile. It is. I had an early copy of it. Sam is a friend. She is a gem of a person, but she's also one of the, she's just one of the funniest, smartest writers I've I've ever come across. I mean, I edited her for a minute when I was working at Shondaland and I'd never seen copy come in like this, like immaculate, immaculate, crisp copy. She's just like a mega talent. And this book, I got it early and like I was sneaking reads of it as I was driving and like was crying laughing. There's like an amazing chapter in it about sex. There's an amazing chapter in it about Dave Matthews band, quietly hostile. Sam Irby is just, just the fucking best. And we should just be supporting her because she's amazing. Should we mention the other notable book that came out this week? Oh, no, no. Yes. The book that's coming out actually today. I forgot. I guess my husband's book is coming out today. <laughs> I, I probably should say that. he, he My husband um, wrote a book called uh, Quantum Criminals. It's all about Steely Dan. And um, uh, the artist Joan LeMay uh, did the beautiful, beautiful art for it, paintings of the characters of Steely Dan songs. It's a really cool book, actually. It's such a cool book. I, I ordered it and was waiting, like checking the mailbox practically for it to come because I'm such a Steely Dan fan and obviously a fan of Alex's. And it's so, it's like, it, it's the kind of writing you don't read anywhere anymore, yeah. you know, because it was really like, I mean, it's a book and it reads like a book, but it's, it was long form magazine writing that it yeah. felt like. And it, it, it's just so nice that, you know, to, to, to see a writer being given like the, the, the time and space to tell a really kind of, you know, funky, cool story like this. Funky, cool. That's not what I meant. Well, no, to you know get what deep, I mean? no, to get, he got deep in this. Like he really just went down all these different holes. I mean, about Steely Dan. I mean, look, also it's like the perfect Father's Day gift. I just have to say like, no, it really it's, is. It's like that, like they, they released it, I think at this time for a reason, or if they didn't, they should have, because it's the perfect Father's Day gift because it's like, oh, get your dad or your husband, like, or your partner or whatever dads are in your life, a Steely Dan book because it is such a dad book. Um, no, Alex really got deep in this band and he went in really weird places. And I think it really works. I think the writing's beautiful, but I think Joan's art is so gorgeous. It's such oh, a cool her book. Art is so, her art is really cool. It just all together, just like the coolest book and so much fun and looks good on a coffee table. I'm just going to say it. 
Yeah, totally does. Totally does. You're right. I should I should talk about my husband's book. <laughs> I didn't even fucking think about it. <laughs> what a jerk. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Oh, man. All right. Listener questions. Okay. Speaking about each other, in what ways do you think the two of you are alike? In what ways do you think you are very different? Oh, God. I knew this question was coming, and yet I did not prepare an answer. Um. I think our sensibility about the world is alike. I think our our creative sensibility is a hundred. Like we're creatively aligned out the wazoo. Like we're, we're that's a weird way to put that, but we're incredibly creatively aligned. Our taste is similar, I think, and we have very similar value systems. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that we are. I think we are dispositionally complementary, but very different. Yes, I was telling you yesterday. I think that you're more fearless than me. Uh, yeah, uh, but I think in your caution, you make smarter decisions than I do a lot. I think that I'm, I think I'm more impulsive than you are. I used to be more impulsive. I'm a little less impulsive than I used to be. I used to make big, important decisions very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I think that we, if we were like, if we were like charting out the humans in the world, like we would be in a, in a very specific category together because we are of the, we are the same kind of people. But I think yeah. I think we are foundationally the same kind of people, but we were raised very differently and in very different environments. And I think that's what makes us different. Because yeah. I think we are fundamentally like I understand, I understand you and your impulses in a way that I understand very few fucking people on this planet. Like I just understand you. And so that the ways that you are different from me, I always, I always understand and have compassion for, even if it's yeah. not the way I would have done something. So it, it makes, it makes it very easy to know you. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Should we go to the next question? Let's go to the next question. How do you handle or not handle rejection and or seeing other success in your fields? And then the second part of this is what keeps you going when you're feeling discouraged? I think that a long time ago, I realized there was room for like if someone else was successful, like it, it didn't mean they were taking my spot. That's right. That there was room for more than one successful person. And there's room for many successful people. It's the same thing I think about when women feel competitive with other women about their looks. It's like, can there be room for us all to be pretty? That's right. That's right. You know, so I would say that has helped me a lot. I certainly didn't start out that way when I was in my 20s. I was really competitive and spent a lot of time paying attention to who was getting where they wanted in their career faster than me. And when I'm feeling discouraged, I don't know, because I don't think I'm that good when I'm feeling discouraged. I don't think I really pick myself up and dust myself off quite quickly enough. Yeah, so I think the discouragement is very different for me these days than the than the looking at other people, like the compare and despair. Because I really do think that I read somewhere at some point, whatever's for you will find you in some like aspirational like Instagram placard or something, like some bullshit. But I do think whatever f is for me will find me. I really do. Like I, I, I think that you know opportunities that I've lost and looked back on, I've. I've looked back and thought, oh, I'm glad that didn't happen because something else happened. So I've lived enough mm -hmm. now to sort of bear that out. You know, I'm still incredibly competitive, but that doesn't mean I don't, I, I feel jealous of other people's success because I don't anymore. I am competitive with 
finding opportunities. I am competitive with, you know, pitching and how can I, how can I get this project into the world? The discouragement piece, what, and I'm, I'm in a place of feeling a little discouraged right now, which is weird, but I'm just kind of trying to accept whatever is and just be like, well, this is just what this moment is. This is just, I just have to sit through this discomfort and it will, and it will, and it will change. My circumstances will change. And then the other thing, I don't know if did I talk about this last week, the, the 90 seconds for an emotion that an emotion only takes 90 seconds. We, we did. Yeah. We were talking about that because it's the same thing with alcoholics and drug addicts and cravings. That's right. Come and go very quickly. So I've really been like, okay, I will, I, if I sit in this longer, I can create, I can, I can make this feeling of discouragement worse by dwelling in it. Or I can look at it and be like, oh, I'm feeling kind of discouraged right now and just kind of sit with it and let it pass and not, not attach to it. I think that's what I'm trying to do. Well, it, because, because, because you attach and you like, you're, you're in, at op, in opposition to yourself. Yes. Like, if, and, and, and being able to accept something, even, you know, and accepting something doesn't mean liking something. It doesn't mean being glad it happened. It just means you're accepting that it's your reality right now. That's right. Like I practice a lot of radical acceptance around um, Trump being elected. Yes. And even, you know, like money stuff, like here's the thing, Uh, you know, it's terrifying. It's terrifying to not know where your next paycheck is coming from. It's terrifying to lose opportunities, to not get the job you wanted. You know, all of that's terrifying. It does work out somehow. Like it, it always does work out somehow. It might not be the way you envisioned it working out or the way you wanted it to work out, but it does work out unless you die. And that's a way of working (laughs) out too. Like that's it. It just, it just fucking is it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot better at this, but I think it's a really, it's an interesting question. And it goes back to the thing I was talking about earlier with like looking at my resume and ageism and all of that shit. It's like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. So a lot of compassion, have a lot of compassion and gentleness for yourself because it's normal to feel all these things. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What are the brands you always search for on the real, real? Hard hitting over here, I know. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> um, okay, Maria Cornejo, obviously. Zero Maria Cornejo. Nilly Lotan. Um, a Detache, which is a line that stopped being produced a number of years ago that I really love that you can still find on the real real. Mm-hmm. I'll look for denim. I'll look at different denim brands. 6397 is a favorite of mine. You can get cheaper denim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always, I, I kind of want a Pucci dress, a vintage Pucci dress. Mm. So I've been searching on Pucci a lot lately too. I mean, I'm mostly an eBay person, but I search Rachel Comey mm-hmm. and then number six sometimes. Cause I'm like, Oh, maybe I want of that. Like if I'm looking for something specific that I want to see if it, it came out, you know, is it maybe somebody's selling it? Um, but Rachel Comey, I like, because I like an eBay. You can actually, there's a lot of like old Rachel Comey on eBay Hmm. um, for like nothing that like, if you remember Rachel Comey from like, you know, 2007, you're like, Oh wow. I remember, I remember that dress. Um, Sometimes I search for Ghani, Ghani, whatever that brand is. Sometimes I search for that. I'm not a super real, real person. So it's, it's really your, your searches are much better. I'm always looking for something weirder than that. Like, you know, I was, I've been looking for a lot of Issey Miyake lately, actually. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot on eBay still, and when um, Vivian Westwood died, I looked for Vivian Westwood. 
Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff goes, some of that old stuff goes for a fortune. I got a really cute little sweater um, with like the orb on it, like a cute little short sleeve mm-hmm. red sweater. And that was, that was like 40 bucks. I was like, this is a good cool. find. Oh, well, I'm talking about like when she did the, like with Malcolm McLaren and did all the sedition errors clothes. Oh, that shit is like, that's like thousands of dollars. Um, thousands and thousands. All right. Well, I think we did it. I think we made a show. I think we made a show. All right. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it on all the platforms. It really helps people find the show. It makes a difference. If you want to support the production of the show, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine. We are blogging there. We are doing um, special bonus episodes there. You can join for just $3 a month, less than a cup of coffee. Um, and I already said where you can find that. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, we're at EIF Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook or a private and robust Facebook group. We're on Twitter, but God, we should not be. We're on LinkedIn. <laughs> you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can find me on tinyletter.com slash Jennifer Romolini. The show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. And we'll be back next week. D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.